Hey y'all, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. My name's Darren. Today, I have another special guest, Mr. Phil Riddick. He has the Daddy Cooks YouTube channel, Facebook page. Now he also has the Arbop Podcast and YouTube channel. I'll be right back with Mr. Phil Riddick of Daddy Cooks. Smoking, grilling, getting hot and hotter. Hey all, I want to introduce you to a company I just started working with, Fresh Jack's Organic Spices out of Jacksonville, Florida. They're a small, family-run company that's fast-growing. I've tried a bunch of their different seasoning blends and spices, and I can tell you they are all fresh. All organic. None of them contain artificial flavors or sweeteners. None of them have anti-caking agents or preservatives. They all taste like they were just made for you yesterday. Check them out, guys. They're on Amazon in the link below. They have different sample packs, different blends. Like I said, they also have the individual seasonings and spices as well. Fresh Jack's Organic Spices. Check them out, guys. I love them. Welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm your host, Darren. Today, we got a special guest, one of my favorite YouTube creators, Mr. Phil Riddick. He is the Daddy Cooks YouTube channel on uh, pretty much YouTube. He's got a Facebook page as well. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Introduce yourself. Let me know who you are and what you do. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, sir. Well, like you said, my name is Phil Riddick. I'm a a man with many hats, but as he said, I do have a uh, YouTube channel called Daddy Cooks, where I just cook stuff. We'll get into that a little bit more. <laughs> um, good-natured, sweethearted, <laughs> just all-around great person. Thanks for inviting me. Where do you live? What do you do besides YouTube? Um, I live in uh, Rayford, North Carolina. I chose this place because it's, you know, one, the taxes are low. And it's kind of country. I was raised in the city, raised in the uh, south side of Chicago prior to joining the military. And uh, I didn't want to raise my daughters, which I have four. This is the daddy cooks thing. But I didn't want to raise them inner city Chicago because I was raised kind of, it was kind of hard, you know, and I had to escape that. So after I joined the military, I settled down here in North Carolina. The weather's better and there's a lot less crime. <laughs> now what I do for a living is now I'm going to be cryptic. After 23 years of military service, I retired, United States Army Airborne Ranger Infantry guy. I still work in the Middle East, and on my channel, I call it Parts Unknown, as you know. Um, so we still protect people in a certain area as a government contractor. That's what I do, my real-time government job. And then when I come home, I just do this and that just to you know, see if I can make any extra little bits of money. Yeah, I know you uh from watching your channel every once in a while you get sent to parts unknown. So you try to you try to even check in from when you're there and uh which uh it's it's hard for you to do any kind of cooking, you know, uh, that you can record, but you always attempt to. So that's yeah, I sneak uh, in a video every now and again when I can. Yeah. I mean, that's the fun thing about YouTube. I mean, you can if you got a phone and an internet connection, you can do a video. So <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So uh wh where is uh that part of North Carolina you, you're in, is it close to Raleigh? Is it by Charlotte? Um, I'll say we are about an hour away from Raleigh, Durham. I think we're about like an hour and a half, two hours. I'm not going to say dead center. We're closer to Raleigh than we are to Charlotte, but we're right behind Fort Bragg. I am literally, shucks, 15 minutes from the Fort Bragg South Post Commissary. <laughs> gotcha. My son actually uh, grew up in Wilmington, and they live outside of Raleigh now. So. Ah. So you're a little bit north of them then, right? Yes. Northeast. Cool. All right. So let's talk about, so you're a military man. So how did you get into cooking? See, that, that's crazy. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> Being a, all right, I'm going to talk about the military for a second, if I may. Being a retiree, 23 years, I, infantry is a more, What's the word? Uh, I don't want to say violent. That's not the right word. It's a it's a occupation where you do run toward the fire. You run toward the danger, that type of thing. And 
during my years in the military, you have your stints of where you're teaching things. So for a while I was a drill sergeant, so people know me for that. For a while I taught the United States Army Ranger School as a ranger instructor, people know me for that. I mean, look at this stuff on my wall behind me. But anyway, <laughs> so one of those, you know, shoot them in the face type of guys. So after I retired, well, actually, let me back up. Before I retired, my mother-in-law, rest in peace, took ill. And my, well, I'm going to get into how I started cooking. I'm kind of jumping around here. But um, she took ill. So my wife and my daughter, one daughter at the time went to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, if anybody's out there. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, so she stayed there for months taking care of her mother. So that left me here at Fort Bragg. <laughs> man, you can only eat so many hot dogs and so much ramen, man, it gets old. So PBS became my friend, all right? Uh, the Frugal Gourmet, the Galloping Gourmet, Justin Wilson, uh, Julia Child. Back in the day when the cooking channels were on PBS, I know you remember that. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same age, you know, close to you. So I remember just on Wilson, just yeah. uh, add a little wine, a little more wine. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, soda pop with the bubbles on top when you talk about a beer. <laughs> but I started watching those shows. And one, it was interesting. But two, I understood it, man. It was crazy. I was like, that does make sense. You know, if you put these flavors together with this type of meat, that makes sense. And that kind of clicked. So I started trying it and I enjoyed it. And that's where the spark started. But where the actual cooking came in was my wife, when she came back, she was working two jobs. I mean, I was an E4, a specialist at the time, not making the most money. So she was working two jobs and she was tired. And Thanksgiving came around. And she would always do a small Thanksgiving dinner, but I just didn't want to overwhelm her because I knew she was tired. So I got up. And I just started cooking. I did the entire Thanksgiving dinner, man. I mean, obviously my wife prepped, you know, greens and things like that. But I cooked everything. So by the time she woke up the next morning, happy Thanksgiving. Man, I love that so much. And I claimed Thanksgiving and Christmas as my own. And I started cooking more and more. That's, that's where it actually started. Yeah, cooking out of necessity is kind of the way I started too. I, I kind of grew up. Um, you know, having to cook for myself because my mom worked two jobs and when I was young. And so I had to kind of start cooking my own food if I wanted to uh, eat. And, you know, who wants to just cook, you know, make cereal and, you know, macaroni and cheese out of a box That's every day. Right. So, and then right. when I was in my teens, I started cooking in restaurants. I started out as, you know, washing dishes. And then I, you know, said, you know, I'd like to be able to get behind the line and, and start cooking. So, you know, like 16, I started cooking. So, you know, the first eh, probably eight years of my, you know, real working career, I, I was in the restaurant business till I figured out I couldn't make any money at it. So <laughs> yeah, it's really, that's a hard, that's a very hard industry, man. But it got me, you know, into cooking and I always, you know, been cooking and, you know, my wife doesn't like to cook, you know, so I, I do all the cooking here, you know, she would rather do other things than cook, you know, she can cook and she has to, but it's not, you know, she has no palate. She does, <laughs> she'll just cook, you know, a box of macaroni and cheese and, and burn some chicken, you know, and that's about all she can do. And, and she doesn't like to. So, I mean, so she loves it when I take over the kitchen, she'll do the dishes and I'll, I'll cook. <laughs> See, that's, that's the way it is in my household. My wife can cook. She just doesn't enjoy it. I'm like, shucks. If I'm home, one, I'm gone so much when I am home, come on, man, give me a kitchen. Give me something. It's therapy for me. Right. It's therapy for me. Yeah. And you know, it's like, you're like me, you know, you, you get a passion for something, you want to continue to experiment and do different things and read up and, and, and study and then find different, uh, you know, chefs that you can follow and then have different cooking practices and seasonings and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's fun. Yes. And, and it, you know, keeps you out of trouble, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I still find a way. <laughs> All right. So, so you pretty much started cooking out of necessity because, um, you know, you, you were by yourself. So did you start out like cooking outside? Did you start out like just cooking inside and then kind of move outside? Did you, I, were you I started cooking inside and I started cooking things that were interesting to me. I didn't really start cooking outside. It's going to be kind of a crazy turn. I didn't really start cooking outside until I ended up working in Kuwait. 
All right, so I'm in Kuwait. We're working in our own camp about 15 miles away from the Iraqi border and then uh, about a couple miles away from the nearest military base. <clears throat> but we had barbecue grills and we had our own kitchen. You know, they had a community kitchen, about three or four stoves, three or four, you know, ovens, things like that, rotisseries and stuff. But no one really used it. So I got there, living my life, working, blah, blah, blah. And then I found out there was a group of guys that were cooking together. And someone comes by and says, hey, man, if you think you can cook, you might want to come over here. I was like, if I think I could cook, who do, who do these people think they are? <laughs> so I go over there, see what they're doing. Amateurs. A couple of them were pretty good, I'm not going to lie. Most of them were amateurs. <laughs> and um, I was sitting in my hooch and my boss, he says, hey, man, I'm going to Kuwait City to pick up something. Do you want me to bring you something back? I said, yeah, bring me something back interesting. Bring me back something I'd never seen before. And he brought me back an ostrich egg. <laughs> this huge freaking ostrich egg. So after I figured out how to crack it open, cause it's a very thick thing, I've got, I got a hammer and a screwdriver. <laughs> so after I figure out how to get it open, I made a quiche, an ostrich egg. Actually I made two because there was so much egg and yolk. I made two ostrich egg quiches. Uh, I think it was shrimp, spinach, ostrich egg, and then a bunch of other in ingredients. And they were amazing. They were fantastic. So I let, one guy tried it and word got around. I got people knocking on my door. Hey, man, I heard you can cook pretty good. Can we try that quiche? You know, <laughs> and then for a while, my boss, the same guy, we try to one up each other. If you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see way, way, way back, man, six, seven, eight years, we just do taste tests. Before I started cooking, we try to one up each other, you know, go to Kuwait City, bring me back something I never had before. We're eating, you know, kumquats and dragon fruits and stuff like that. It was just a taste test thing. Uh, another instance, he brings back, the, we call it the crack, and he brings back this cuttlefish. Man, it was huge. <laughs> hey, man, can you cook this? I was like, oh, shucks, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so what it was, it was pretty much you guys started Chopped back in, in Kuwait, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> back eight years ago. Exactly. So yeah. before Chopped was even around, you guys had started doing that by just going to the local market and trying to one-up each other. <laughs> it was amazing. But that started the cooking thing overseas. And then I ended up moving from that job. That's when I was working IT. I went from <laughs> instructing various things to IT. Then from IT, we went, I went to a different country. And you know what? I think that's me doing some beeping. Let me turn that off. Anyway, I uh, went to a different country. And then we started cooking. I, me and my boss, my boss and I, I'm sorry, we started cooking because there were things we just couldn't get. Let me do this. All right, I'm back here. Sorry. Um, we were in Kyrgyzstan, the Kyrgyz Republic. And if we wanted to do sausage, we had to make our own sausage. You know, we wanted to do, uh, I saw flying from the States to that place. I stopped in Heathrow, London, and they were selling Scotch eggs wrapped up in plastic, you know. I was like, wow, you know, I got one, I ate it. This is great, I wanna make one. And I get back to the Kyrgyz Republic and eggs are everywhere, but they didn't have pork sausage. They sold pork and they sold spices. So we made our own sausage and then we did the scotch eggs, that type of thing. But we started, I started filming more and more and uploading to YouTube. And then that's how my channel, it just, people started liking it and it started growing and I just kept doing it and kept practicing and kept getting better. So what other type of cooking do you like to do when you're home or even when you're out? I mean, what's your favorite type of cooking? I mean, is it indoor cooking and outdoor cooking or is it just like to cook no matter what? It's, I like cooking no matter what. My favorite cooking is something interesting that I haven't done. It's, that's not, that, that's kind of complicated, you know, and names have a lot to do with it. If you look at my channel, I have Baba Ganoush. Oh, I want to make that, you know, tiramisu. Oh, I want to make that. So if it has a sexy name <laughs> and has a unique cooking technique, uh, I didn't start trying sous vide until I started my channel. Um, there's a difference between grilling, barbecuing, and smoking. I didn't learn that until I started my channel. So it just kind of built. You know, I watch videos, yours and other people's videos, and then I'll see a technique, and then I want to master it. I will not feel myself chopping unless I'm chopping properly because 
that's a technique. And I just feel it's a disservice to my, um, the, the, my subscribers. If I'm not going to do it properly, I shouldn't be trying to do it. Does that make sense? You're a perfectionist and you can tell that because I've been watching you the last, what, month and a half or so getting okay. ready to do your podcast. And I've saw all the equipment you started buying and all the <laughs> testing you're doing before you go live. I mean, you're, you're, you're testing and your YouTube people are kind of following you and helping you out. But to me, that shows me that you're, you're a perfectionist. You want to, you don't want to start off on a learning curve. Now, going back to that though, when you first started your YouTube channel and you go back now and you look at some of your videos from when you first started to what you put put out, put out now. <laughs> My videos suck, man. They were terrible. Now, let me tell you how I started. I started the videos, started the YouTube because I was curious and I just got home from the Middle East one day and I was like, how do you make a YouTube video? That's a good question. So I made an account trying to do some research. It wasn't that hard. My very first YouTube video is my daughters playing on a Wii. <laughs> they were just playing on a Wii and it's called Unbelievable. <laughs> that was my first YouTube video, just messing around. And then uh, my wife had surgery and I was kind of documenting that and picking on her. I'm terrible. I got a great sense of humor, but everyone doesn't appreciate it. <laughs> but that's how the YouTube thing started. And then it just took a turn and went into cooking and just stayed cooking. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I, I even, you know, when I had Malcolm Reed and his wife on, I talked to him about that, you know, which is when he first started, it was like 10, 10 or 12 years ago. And some of his earlier videos is just him walking around barbecue competitions with one of these handheld VCRs. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that. And, uh, you know, so it's totally different from what he shoots today. You know, today it's just like he's in a regular, you know, a professional, you know, studio. You know, a lot of times it's, you know, well done. It's like, it's me too. I go back and I cringe when I look at some of mine, you know, a couple of years ago when I first started. But I think we all kind of learn and we grow and we learn how to edit. You know, I've talked to, you know, several other guys that, started out on YouTube and you know, the first thing you're doing is um, you're editing on like iMovie or something just very basic. And you're just trying to figure out what you're doing. And then oh, I'm worse than that. When I first started, I didn't even edit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's I some guys that don't. Clips, man. That's like, uh, you know, Tom Horseman said he, he barely edits, but then again, he does shorter videos and yeah. you know, he doesn't do a lot of heavy production stuff and you know, all of his recipes are simple. You know, <laughs> he's just, uh, you know, he, he, people watch him more for his uh, personality and just to see what he's cooking on, you know, that day. I mean, so, um, but like I said, I can tell you're a perfectionist just because I just watching you set up for your podcast, you're wanting to start out of the block, out of the blocks, you know, ready yes. to go, you know, yeah. you don't want to, you don't want people to think that you're just some, some hokey dope, <laughs> you know, you just, <laughs> you, you just want to be, you know, I got this professional setup and I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I kind of put, I, I'm one of the guys that dips my toe in <laughs> and then I will, if I think it's going to be something I'm going to enjoy and something I want to invest time and money into, then I start, you know, investing. And that's, that's kind of like the podcast. I started out just kind of playing around with it. But then I started calling people like Malcolm Reed and Meathead Goldwyn, and they said, sure, I'll come on your podcast. I'm like, dang, you know, these guys don't even know who I am, and they're going to wow. come on my podcast, you know? Right. So, And I said, well, this might be something. So, um, But it's another way to me to give back, too. I've had a lot of, uh, you know, YouTubers that I uh, watched and appreciated, like, you know, Troy from T-Roy Cooks and Greg Mervich and, and some others that, um, you know, have helped me start my YouTube, you know, you know, uh, life and, you know, they've helped me out by being on my podcast as well. So oh, they've helped me immensely. They've helped me. Same ones you mentioned T-Roy. He's, he sends me, he has sent me spices in the middle East. Greg, um, I've called and shot emails to him, uh, just to get advice. You know, he's a big guy. He's a big dude, you know, Hey man, I need your advice on this. And he's, open-hearted with that um who else who else uh justin babyback maniac i've talked to him on occasion uh daryl smith from uh a babby's barbecue i've talked to him you know just interacting with our youtube community and now i have this now i have you Darren. <laughs> yeah i mean that's a good thing and the, the youtube cooks community is pretty open 
you don't find too many with egos or attitudes. They are all willing to help each other because it's not a competition. You know, I can understand that, Hey, I do something a little different than what, you know, Greg does and Greg does something a little different than what Troy does. And you do something a little different than what all of us do, but we're all doing the same thing. We're trying to help people and have fun when we do it. And, um, you know, learning as we go. I mean, I, use, I was going to say that and we learn from each other. Yes. Yeah. Cause I watch your videos and go, you know what, you know, he cooked it that way, but I'm going to try doing the same thing, but cook it a little bit different. Yeah. You know, I do that all the time. That's what got me really started. I watched a couple of Greg uh, Mervich's videos of ballistic barbecue. You know, he did first one of the guys I saw do sous vide and uh, sous vide brisket, you know, sous vide wow. and barbecue. And I said, dang, you know, this thing might be something. And then, so I said, well, I'm going to try it, but I'm going to do it a little different. He cooked his all, you know, well done like a traditional and I said I'm gonna try and see if I can make this thing medium rare and make it tender and I did and I was like wow you know that's what got me really involved in trying to do something like this and uh, then I finally contacted him he's like yeah great man you know hell yeah, we can help each other that's what we do and it's like wow you know so yeah. I actually met him um, last year out in San Diego uh, I was out there for work and I called him up I said hey if you're not doing anything can we go grab dinner he's like yeah I'm just I'm retiring tomorrow let's go and went and had, <laughs> had dinner so I mean it was great meeting him and everything so he's a really and good I guy get, I get so jealous because I'm gone so much and I've I've met not physically met but I've forged relationships with some of the some of the big guys as you say and they do get together, and I'm always gone. It's, uh, it kills me. But one of these days, man, one of yeah. these days. Yeah, and it's fun. And I mean, I mean, even if we get together virtually sometimes like this, I mean, I like, I like talking to other people that, you know, share the same passion as me, you know, that you know, we're not making a ton of money. Our YouTube channels, you know, aren't, <laughs> you know, we're not millions of subscribers. We're not making, you know, pulling down a lot of money on it. We're just doing it to have fun and to – and you know to help people and, and teach people and learn and you know it's more I keep telling people that I, I'm doing this for like you know 10 years from now when I retire this might be a little bit of side income instead of having to work at Walmart as a greeter you know, <laughs> <I know. laughs> so let's uh take a little bit of a break here real quick and then um we'll get back and we'll start digging deep into uh some of your other stuff that you're working on all right we'll be right back with Phil Riddick from Daddy Cook's YouTube Hey all, this is Darren and I want to take a minute to talk to you about Masterclass. I just signed up for Masterclass and I can tell you what, it's well worth it. Masterclass is where you can learn how to cook from Gordon Ramsay. You can learn how to sous vide from Thomas Keller. You can learn how to make Texas barbecue from Aaron Franklin himself. All these classes are available on Masterclass plus many more. Masterclass has great video content, interactive assignments, social interaction with the Masterclass community. All for just one fee. You can either buy each individual class for $90 each, or you can sign up for the annual pass, which gives you access to all their classes for just $180. And that's what I signed up for. Check it out, guys. Masterclass has some of the best online training you can find. Check it out, guys, in the link below. Masterclass. Amazing. Now on to the show. All right, Phil. So we talked a little bit about, you know, how you started on YouTube and all that. What, uh, what are your goals with, with YouTube? I mean, I know you can only do it, you know, certain times because you're away a lot for, for your job. What are your future plans for the channel? Are you continuing to uh, try to grow the channel now that you're uh, kind of, you're switching off and trying to do a podcast as well? Is this something that you're trying to build an overall brand or what are you, what are you trying to do here? What I'm trying to do in a nutshell is to come home forever. I'm tired <laughs> of traveling. That's my motivation. I am with this current situation worldwide right now. I won't call it. You guys know what I'm talking about. So that's makes things kind of unstable. Don't, you know, when it comes to travel, how are things going to work? You know, how long is this going to last? That type of thing. So in the meantime, I'm going to uh, boost Daddy Cooks. Just, I'm going to try to put out a video a week. I think that's one of the only things that's been holding my channel back because I've been doing this for years, but I've put out videos in spurts because obviously I go to parts unknown, the Middle East, and, you know, I got to work and then I come back, blah, blah, blah. But if I commit to 
a video a week. I'm not going to say every Monday or every Wednesday. If I, a video a week to suffice, I think that will put some, uh, uh, some stability into my channel. People can count on that. All right, no matter what happens, I'm going to get a video a week, and that should bolster my uh, subscriptions. The podcast, the Arbot podcast, is just another outlet and also possibly, if it grows, uh, another revenue stream. You know how podcast works. Hopefully that can turn into something. But the ultimate goal is to make this, you see this room that I'm in? This is going to be office number one podcast. And then my kitchen will be office number two, the studio. I want my house to be work. That's it. Yeah. You know, hey, honey, I'm going to work. Come upstairs, spend an hour, shoot a podcast. The next day, hey, honey, I'm going to work. Go downstairs, shoot a video, run right back up here, edit <laughs> YouTube channel. Make that generate money, and I can stop flying my butt to the Middle East. That's right. my goal. That's kind of what I'm working on as well. And if you see, you know, my office here, it's this is my studio for the podcast and my editing room as well so i right. kind of got it set up to do the podcast i still got some stuff i got to kind of clean up uh, it's probably not where it's gonna be eventually but i just got my deck built on my new how we just moved in this house about three months ago congratulations and I, and, I, and I had to build a deck on the back to uh, be able to fit my cookers and turn it into a real outdoor studio and I saw that. I, I just got it done. That. Yeah, I just got it done today. They finally put up the final piece of the railing around the uh, outside, and um, so you know, I've just, I just actually shot my first uh, couple videos with uh, my outdoor studio, and uh, so that's that's like just like you said, that's what it's going to be. I'm gonna that's where I'm going to shoot my videos, and then in here I'm going to edit them, and then I'll do the podcast here, and then hopefully, you know within you know eight ten years when i retire from my day job you know this will be something that um keeps me sustained you know while well, i'm also you know drawn from my hopefully <laughs> hopefully it doesn't take eight ten years man hopefully yeah. just you know, get it down and hopefully this prospers oh yeah so but um you know i'm just doing it for the love of it so i mean it's not something where i think i'm going to be you know rich and uh it's going to generate you know hundred grand a year job or anything, but you know, I'm not doing it to be famous. I'm just doing it to have fun. I like it. The more I get into it, the more I learn. It's like you, when I started learning how to edit, I was like, I first started, I'm like, I'm never going to be able to figure out this, you know, this software. And then, you know, I said, all right, I'm going to have to force myself. And I just started doing it. And then, you know, you know, and it started clicking and I said, Oh, okay. That's how you, you know, so, and then the same thing with the podcast, I, I started this about eight months ago and it's like, how do I even start this? And you know, so I said, right, well, it's little by little, you know, and it's like, okay, man, you got me beat. I started this about two weeks ago. So <laughs> yeah, but see, you, you already got all brain. the equipment. You got all the equipment and ready to go. And you so. have the experience. I need to suck your brain and get that from you. Well, did you put your first, um, uh, episode up yet? Did you load it oh, up? I have, I have seven episodes up. I'm being carried on, uh, anchor. I'm being carried on Spotify and I'm being carried. I just, Last week got on to uh, Apple Podcasts. Okay. Um, now I thought you were going to go through Buzzsprout because Buzzsprout, man, is a. I was going to go through Buzzsprout, but someone else uh, introduced me to Anchor, and I went in that route, and I just I just stuck with Anchor. It just seemed a little bit easier to me, and yeah, I just, I just went with Anchor, and then I branched out from there. Yeah, I started with Anchor, but that was before Spotify bought them out, and they were mostly mobile type. You know, it was they were built for a phone, okay. you know, for an app. They weren't like um, if to use them on on their website was not as um, they had a lot more things you could do on the phone or, or a mobile app than you could on your on the regular computer because that's how they kind of started out as like a cheap alternative just to be able to for people who wanted to do it with their phones and and uh, mobile devices. But I guess when Spotify bought them, they kind of well, expanded I, out some more. But. On their website, they do have some uh, some widgets and some clinkets and stuff in there to help someone that doesn't have, okay, back to the perfectionist part, that doesn't have a production. Everything, all my sound effects, all of my uh, enhancements for my microphones and all that stuff is done right here. 
So I don't need to use their enhancements. So I just record and this device, the Rodecaster Pro, it does everything internal, records itself on a SD card. I just have to convert it to an MP3 and I upload through Anchor. That's the only thing I use them for is a platform. I don't right. use any of their software or anything. And it doesn't cost anything. Right. Spotify does have a fee. I mean, not Spotify, BuzzFeed does have a fee. Yeah, they do. And I, I don't mind paying it because some of the, I, I use some of the other stuff that, uh, that they offer. So, but um, then again, you know, it's all personal preference, just like, you know, cooking and eating, right. You know, exactly. there's, there's certain, there's going to be, you know, uh, people use uh, all different kinds of products. So, but um, yeah, I, I, when I started, like I said, I, I started out kind of slow. What am I going to do? So, what do you let's let's get into your YouTube videos right now? How do you and how when you started? Do you plan them out? Do you script them? Do you um, have, you know, how long in advance do you plan a video? I mean, do you like take two weeks in advance? Go, I'm going to do a, a pot roast video in two weeks, and I'm going to line everything up. How do you do I'm it? Off the cuff, man. I'll do. I will ask my wife, or I'll ask my kids, or I'll come up with something. Hey, I want to cook this. So the next process is if I've never cooked, if it's something I do all the time, it's, a, it's, it's easy. I'm just going to cook the thing, get the ingredients. Uh, so I have my format, introduction, supporting cast, prep, cook, taste test. So when it comes to my YouTube, if you look at my, not my, not my earlier ones, but if you look at my more modern YouTube videos, it always starts that way. Introduction, supporting cast, prep, cook, taste test. As long as I stick with that, I already have my editing done because I cook in those segments. So that makes my editing piece easy. Um, as far as planning a video, I figure out what I want to cook. If it's something I've never done before, I will do some research. I'll either read up on a couple of recipes or I'll watch many, many videos on how other people do it. And then I just pick and choose. You know, if someone's using mustard and someone else is using Dijon, well, I don't want to use mustard. I'll take the Dijon piece. Same recipe. Someone's using mayo. Someone's using Miracle Whip. Well, I don't want Miracle Whip. I'll take the mayo. So I'll watch a bunch of videos on how people do it. That gives me ideas of what ingredients I want to use. So I'll make that mine. And then cooking technique. Bake, broil, uh, uh, saute, you know, because you can do a back to scotch eggs. You can deep fry scotch eggs or you can bake them. So then I determine what type of cooking method do I want to use or do I have available? Do I want to do it inside or outside? I get the idea and then I don't script. I just kind of, I do my introduction and talk about what I'm going to do. Supporting cast is easy. Just lay out the ingredients. Prep, I choose what I want to show. Am I going to chop this and show it top down or I'm going to mix this and show it from the front? You know, that type of thing. Cooking. If I'm outside, I'll show the, for the barbecue folks. If it's outside, I show the barbecue piece. For the inside folks, if it's on the stove or the oven, I got to show them that piece. And taste test just a done deal and then just close out. So I don't, and I don't write a script. It's like we're talking now. Yeah. I just kind of let it go. I'm a fluid speaker and I've spoken in, so, in front of so many people as a military guy, instructor, or uh, in charge of a group or an organization. I'm comfortable speaking in front of a camera. So I don't have that problem. I just figure out what I'm cooking, how to lay it out. Very rarely do I do a second take, but sometimes it happens. And edit, cut out what's ugly, keep what's pretty, upload to YouTube. <laughs> yeah. When I first started out, it, it took me a couple, probably first, you know, five or six videos before I got really comfortable talking to a camera you know, pretending there's somebody there watching you, you know? Um, but I'm like you, I, I, I tried to script some and it just didn't feel natural to me. Exactly. And, um, so what I did instead of scripting it, I, I just thought to myself, I'm going to pretend there's actually that camera is a person and that I'm actually showing that person who's there how to do this. And that's how I'm going to talk to him just as if that's a person. And in my mind, that's a person not just a camera or a phone sitting there. So, and just like I would show, you know, my kid or my wife or a friend of mine, how to cook this, I'm going to just, that's how I'm going to do it. So yeah, I, I, I can't script things either because 
you know, and, and I, I try not to have to reshoot things every once in a while. The only reason I'll reshoot something is if my microphone stopped working for some reason exactly. or, yep. or I, I, I look at the piece <laughs> and I, my head's cut off because I forgot to adjust the camera. You know, I mean, that's about the only time or, or if my microphone stopped working and I'll just go in and I'll, I'll do an overdub or something instead. But, um, yeah, I do. Like you said, you keep the, you know, keep the pretty stuff and you get rid of the ugly stuff on the edit, you know, and you just keep rolling. I don't stop. You know, if I start flubbing for something, I'll just keep going. I'll stop and I'll re reset and then I'll just take it out in editing. And that's, that was probably the, you know, my first few videos I had learning that because I would, I would like start talking and start flubbing and go, oh crap. And I'd have to go and you stop and then you start over. Exactly. And, and, I'm like, you know, I, and I said, you know what? I don't have to do that. Cause I can come up and cut that out, you know? So, um, you go. even with the podcasts, you know, I, I figured I tried to script them. I, I do the guideline, you know, do an outline so people know what we're going to talk about. So I don't like hit them, you know, if, or if they don't want to talk about something, they can tell me, well, I don't want to talk about that. You know, just so we know what the flow is, but I'm not, I don't want to go into detail because things could pop up in the middle of the conversation and we could go down a different way and it makes the podcast better. Exactly. I I usually don't have to edit the podcast too much. No. And it's like I said, it's most of the podcasts are really easy because I try to have a conversation just like we're sitting right next to each other talking like friends, you know, and most everybody. We are friends, man. I know, but I appreciate the invitation. So, I mean, I've had people like, you know, even Meathead and Malcolm Reed say, man, you do a really good podcast. So how long you been doing it? I'm like, you know, three months, you know? <laughs> so they're like, well, you really know how to, the questions to ask and the conversations to have. So I really enjoy it. And so that kind of leads us into your podcast. What, what made you decide to start doing a podcast? Oh, what made me want to do a podcast? Uh, I like to talk, man. <laughs> I have the gift of gab. I've been told that over and over and over. And I was just doing a live. I do lives every now and again on, you know, my YouTube channel. And people were like, man, you got a great personality. You say witty things. Things are funny, blah, blah, blah. It would really be great. And this is key. It would really be great if you were doing a live, we could call in and talk to you. I was like, aha, like Eddie Murphy, aha. So that's when I got this device. I found out about it. which gives me that capability. And that's all I wanted to do. So I ordered it while I was in the Middle East. It came here and thinking about the whole call in thing. It was just, Hey man, why don't you just start a podcast? It it was just like that. Why don't you start a podcast? So I started doing a little bit of research about equipment and blah, blah, blah. Like you said, I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) I'm a perfectionist. And I just started ordering a little bit of gear and I started uh, looking at videos, podcasts about how to do podcasts. And I just put it in my head that that's something I'm going to do. And here it is, man, I'm six episodes in, I'm being hosted in three different places and hopefully I can draw from your experience and I can make mine grow. Well, once you start getting listed on the different podcast, um, providers, I mean, it'll start growing on its own people just, I mean, you're going to have all kinds of different, um, people out there just like on YouTube you got all these gurus that tell you you know make sure your thumbnail you're pointing at a picture or something or you know uh, make sure you use the right keywords and all that I mean the same kind of thing goes with the podcast it's a little bit harder to monetize a podcast unless you're really big because there is a lot of podcasts out there and there's some that you know barely get get any kind of listens but I'm kind of uh I don't know, I've been kind of lucky and I think I, most of mine are like averaging 300 plus downloads, you know, within a week. So, um, and I share them out on Facebook and stuff, but yeah, I don't get a whole lot. I can track where my, uh, listeners are coming from and I don't get a whole lot from that. I get more just from people searching on Apple podcasts and all that, man, if I could get 300 downloads, look, I've been doing this for two weeks. I got 70. I was like, whoop. <laughs> yeah, but you'll, you'll get more. And what, like I said, it's, you know, podcasts are, are a different animal than YouTube. That's one of the things I discovered early on. You know, I, I first started with this, you know, whole fire and water cooking thing as a Facebook group. And when I started doing YouTube, I was really surprised. I said, I have like 3000 members of my Facebook group 
and I only had like a hundred subscribers to my YouTube channel and I couldn't get those 3000 people from Facebook into YouTube. I'm like, I I, I'd go, come on guys, come over to the YouTube. And they're like, nah, we're, we're over here on Facebook. And Dude, it's like 44,000 subscribers on freaking YouTube. I got 13 on my podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, so that's just every different platform is different. I mean, even with Instagram, you know, Instagram, I've been trying to do more of that, but like I said, I mean, I've got maybe 600 followers on Instagram. You know, I've got over 8,000, you know, members of my Facebook group now, like almost 9,000 members, Congratulations. but I'm still, you know, in the mid threes on YouTube and then Instagram, I'm, I'm not even at 700. So it's just, people are kind of funny. They don't go from one platform to the other. And then the podcast people are probably totally different. They probably aren't on Facebook or YouTube. So, yeah, I right. mean, those are the people that they're listening to podcasts when they're working out, driving to work, you know, when they're doing something that they can't do anything else, but listen to a, a podcast. I mean, yeah. so it's crazy. I just I started doing these video ones because I thought maybe I could start drawing some more, you know, I didn't want to start jumping into doing the video ones and then it flopped. I tried to load some up onto YouTube that were just audio with a, uh, a you know, just a, a regular uh, um, image on there, but they didn't yeah. work out too well. But, you know, the one up for Tom Horseman actually, be, you know, was pretty good. I mean, I got a lot of views on it. So I'm hoping this, you know, this will boost it up up some of my other you know video podcasts by getting some of well and it's like giving back to the youtube cooks guys that you know helped me when i was uh getting started in youtube you know mm. if i can have you know you guys have a, a way to you know introduce your channels and what you're doing to the people that follow me on either you know facebook or instagram or on the podcast and youtube i mean it's great i mean you know there's going to be a lot of people that have never heard of you before that are going to go check out your YouTube channel. Hopefully, then, you know, and then when you post it up on your, uh, you know, Facebook or whatever, people are going to go, Hey, well, I don't know who this guy is that, that had him on there, but they're also going to find out a little bit more about you that they might not know too. So, yes, you're correct. You're correct. But so I, I just like, I just, you know, like I said, I, I, I thought doing a podcast, was something that was just the next step for me. And it sounds like that's what you're doing for you. So what's your podcast going to focus on? So it's not going to be cooking, right? No, no, no. My podcast is, it's called RBOP, Riddick's Book of Philosophy. <clears throat> and it's all about how, how and why people treat each other certain ways, or they do things to each other, just either quirky or serious or confusing things that people do on a day-to-day -day basis. It might be something that I saw. Why would someone do that? Oh, case in point, why would people buy all the toilet paper? And then you <laughs> talk about that, you know, or what makes you afraid? Or how do you describe being afraid? Things like that. I have my daughter here sometimes or get a call in, but it's all about people, not political. It's just about people. Why do we do stuff or why do we not do stuff? It might be funny. It might be serious, might be quirky. That's the whole thing about Riddick's book of philosophy. Just what do people do and why? Why do they make these bad comments on my YouTube videos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why would they do that? Who doesn't like salt? People That's... are crazy. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get more people on Facebook than, than you. I've been kind of lucky. I, every once in a while, I'll get somebody that'll just make a stupid comment on my YouTube video and you just scratch your head and go, this guy has just got nothing else to do in his life, but leave this, this comment that doesn't even make sense on my YouTube video. So I know there's, there's, I, other... I got a comment today on a video I did like four years ago. <laughs> he says, you should have added this and you're sloppy. I was like, what video was that? I had to find a video, man. I, what are you talking about? You, do, you didn't add Parmesan and you're sloppy. I'm like, maybe I don't like Parmesan. <laughs> what, kind of, what, what kind of comment is that? I literally had one yesterday on a video, one of my first videos I did almost two years ago that it was on Top Round. You know, I, I sous vide Top Round, make it tender. And yeah. the guy's comment was, the only thing I use top round for is to feed it to my dogs. And it's like, <laughs> this video is like two years old. I'm showing you how to cook it to where you can actually make it tender and it tastes good. And, mm -hmm. and he's all he can say is, I just feed it to my dogs. And you're like, 
what kind of person just sits around? I guess it's because of the situation we're in right now. They got nothing else to do, right? <laughs> Man, I can't count the crazy comments. And, you know, most comments help you make the video, good or bad, help you make a better video. Constructive right. criticism, I got no problem with that whatsoever. It's just the crazy, uh, you cook pork, gonna be hellfire from heaven. <laughs> Hold on, man. It was a pork chop. You know, I don't have religious issues against pork chop, and nor do I have health issues against pork chop. I understand people don't eat pork for various reasons, but don't send me to hell over a YouTube video, man. Come on. You're right, and it's crazy that that uh, some of the stuff that people come up with, though. But it's it's like that on the Facebook groups too. I mean, every once in a while, you know, I kind of tightened up my Facebook group about six months ago because you get somebody comes in, all of a sudden they just start, you know, railing on people for the way they cook their food. It's like, dude, you don't have to eat his food. You know that, right? And everybody has their own personal taste. You know that, right? You know, so, you know, what do you care if the guy cooks his steak medium? Okay, you can eat it the way he likes it. You know. No, not on, not on the internet, man. <laughs> it's just nuts. What you people get the food will... police coming. They come with you. Uh, <laughs> that's just, awesome. That's amazing. But all right. So your podcast, so you just got it started. Have you, have you had reached out to some guests yet? I, I mean, I, I, sorry, I haven't listened to any episodes yet. So I'm going to have to. Oh, <clears throat> right now, uh, it's been just me. My, I'm sorry, my daughter and I doing a simultaneous on I got an Arbop YouTube channel, so we'll go live, but I'm also recording on this device, and then I'll record the audio later to my uh, podcast host. I've had a couple of call-ins, but I haven't sat back and called and set up interviews such as your professional self. <laughs> I have not gotten to that point yet. Come on, man. I'm six episodes in. I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I don't know. When I first started it, I did a, my first couple was just me talking and it didn't feel comfortable. It was more, I run out of stuff to say. I wasn't really, I didn't have anybody to bounce stuff off of and it, I'm just not comfortable that way. Just like you have your, your daughter there. So you guys can talk back and forth, Right. but my wife won't get on there with me. My kids, I can't even get them in the, one of my YouTube videos. So, <laughs> and I don't know if to me it was a lot different than doing a video and pretending that I'm instructing somebody than trying to have a conversation with a video or a microphone where there's nobody there to interact with. So I understand when I first started, when I had my first guest, I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to do any more with just me talking. Yeah. I, I listen to podcasts where people are just talking by themselves and I just can't do that. I, I can't, read from a script or just yeah, I was going to say that <clears throat> or talk back into yeah, scripting. Or, or talk to a wall pretend the wall's talking back to me I can't do that I need to have actually somebody actually to you know bounce back and forth with so I promise myself, I'll get somebody I'll call a buddy of mine and say look you know if I don't have anybody to come on you come on They're like yeah anytime you want me to come on so I mean I'll have somebody on there or I'll just you know do something else, you know, I'll, I'll skip a week. But um, so far I've been really uh, lucky. Just about everybody I've asked has, has said yes. I've only had one or two people that said no. Um, but I've had, like I said, you know, Stephen Reichlin, you know, came on my podcast. I've had Meathead Goldwyn twice. I've had some of the other people from amazingribs.com. I've had um, uh, Malcolm Reed and his wife on, you know, I mean, some of these people that you were like, at least people are never going to say yes. And you send an email and they're like, sure. When do you want to do it? And it's like, nice. oh, you know, so <laughs> it makes you feel good. And then actually, I actually, my best compliments came from like Malcolm and Rochelle. And they said, you did a really good job, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I've only been doing it a couple of months, but I've listened to some of yours and kind of like, well, you did a great job. So, <laughs> and anytime nice. you want me to come back on, you know, just let me know. So well, I mean, I'm going to pick your brain. Because one, <clears throat> tit for tat, I'm going to be coming for you, man. <laughs> huh? Whenever you want, I'll be on. But um, Thank you, sir. Definitely, um, it's a fun thing to do. And, it, and like I said, it's just like the YouTube Cooks community. You know, you know the, the overall big, you know, cooking community out there um, is the same way. People are open. You know, they want to self-promote as well, too. They're, it's not just yes. they're yes. trying to help me. They want to promote themselves. And they know that there's probably people that listen to me and watch my stuff that don't know who they are and that I'm introducing them to them. So, um, you know, I'm glad to have them on. I like 
you know, talking to, you know, new people. And uh, so it's, uh, to me, it's fun and I, I learn stuff. So. And we're helping each other. Exactly. We're helping each other. Yeah. So what do you see in the future? You're going to keep, uh, you know, going to expand on the podcast and now you got a separate YouTube channel for the podcast itself. I do. Yes. I have the, uh, <clears throat> Same thing. Uh, the podcast is called RBOP, Riddick's Book of Philosophy. The YouTube channel is RBOP, Riddick's Book of Philosophy. So I don't do solely video podcasts. When I'm here, obviously I, I work abroad. When I'm here, I'll do a video and a simultaneous recording. If I'm not here, I'm going to take a smaller, dumbed-down version of my podcast equipment, H4N, a couple of microphones, some cables, blah, 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 stuff that'll fit in the carry-on. I'll take that with me uh, to parts unknown and continue on just a solely audio podcast, but I'm going to keep it going, man. My goal is to, our goal is the same, <laughs> right? <laughs> to make this the job instead of the job, the job. But yeah, so, I mean, that's with me. I I'm started, I'm loading my podcast, video podcast on my YouTube channel, but under a different um, playlist, but you know, eventually if it, you know, becomes popular i might spin it off but you and i both know when you start a youtube channel from scratch you know you it takes you a while to get that built up unless you have some momentum coming you know i yeah. know that uh, cj i kind of talked to him a little bit um had him in kent on and he just started an, a new barbecue only um, exactly youtube channel because he's concentrating on the ninja foodie on his original channel which you know, he can, he can draw from those people. And that's the good thing. If you already have something that's established and you like I said, with you, you'll, you'll draw some of those people from YouTube mm. to your new YouTube channel and also to your podcast, just not as many as you would like, you know, it's like me, I got 8,000 people over on my Facebook group. I, you know, I yeah. can't get them, you know, if I can get half of them over to YouTube and Instagram, it would uh, be really good, but you just, you can't force them. I, I had contests to try to get people to do it. And, you know, it's still, you're only going to, they're only going to be where they want to be. So. Right. Now my fear is my, now that the daddy cooks platform, YouTube, that's popular. It's growing. I didn't want to keep throwing in talking head podcast type material because then you will lose subscribers because they come to that channel to see a guy cooking. They don't come to that channel to see a guy sitting here doing this. So I said, it'd be best for me. I mean, every now and then to do a live, Hey guys, checking in, let's, you know, talk back and forth. That's cool. But if you put too much content, if you have an established cooking channel, like I do, and I put too much other content, I'll, I could lose subscribers. That's right. why I just said, I'm just going to make a whole different channel and try to build that. And if I can get some carryover, like you said, then that's great. I was just afraid of trying to, if you got a channel where you do gaming and cooking and you do five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 gaming videos and you start growing, you got a gaming audience and you throw in a quiche and a loaf of bread, you're going to lose those guys. They didn't get there for quiche. You know, Hey, if you sustain yourself with quiche, you can play better games. Okay. I understand <laughs> the concept, but <laughs> they might not go in that direction. You understand? Yeah. No, yeah. If you had, if your podcast was about cooking, it would probably be, do a lot better. You wouldn't have to spin it off. True. Like, you know, Malcolm Reed, he, he loves his podcast on his regular YouTube channel because it's about him, you know, and everybody goes there to watch him and they talk about cooking and barbecue. It's the same topic. So yes. to them, it's just added, you know, they're not getting, like you said, you know, they go to a gaming channel and all of a sudden the guy's, you know, making a quiche and it's like, well, what the hell is this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but I totally understand it. And like I said, it's, it's something that's going to, you know, you're expanding, you're, you're, you're trying something new. Um, and I think you're going to be successful at, at both of them. So is there anything Thanks. else you want to talk about that you got coming up that you, uh, I'm going to put a link to uh, daddy cooks YouTube channel and to the podcast uh, in the description below, but make Thank sure. You, Everybody that's listening, check out uh, Daddy, Daddy Cooks. Do you have a Facebook page as well? I do have a Daddy Cooks Facebook. Yes, okay. I do. I'll put that down in the description below so people can click on that to find you. But if you just do a Google search for Daddy Cooks, it'll pop up, I'm sure. It'll pop up. It'll pop up. And if you're on YouTube and you type in RBOP, it'll pop up. You'll see me and my daughter, you know, 
You'll find me. Is that one word? Just R R B O P R B O P R Bob. Yes. Okay. Now, so is there anything else you wanted to touch on since, uh, do you want to talk um, about family? How about your, your, how old are your daughters now? I'll see you for me. I'll just find if I get one of these wrong. They're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My oldest is 32. The one after underneath her is 25. The one underneath her is 22. And the one underneath her is 21. Nope, I got one wrong. 23, 21. They're going to kill me. Oh, anyway. man. They're coming to breaking the door down. <laughs> the good thing is they're all adults. I don't have any babies. The bad thing is they're all adults and I don't have any babies. <laughs> <laughs> now, are they all, uh, is, is some of them living with home still? or? Uh, I have three in college, so they're still here. Uh, my oldest was gone, came back um, just for a while, just a minor setback. Didn't lose her job or anything. It's just... Uh, Minor setback, and home's always home. So, you know, once she gets back on her feet, boom, she'll be out. But now we have the current situation in the whole world shut down. We'll see what happens. Um, love them to death. They're always welcome. I'm not always the friendliest guy in the world. See, I'm friendly on the internet because you only show what you want people to see, just like That's Facebook, right. just like YouTube. But dad's dad. You know, sometimes you got to crack down. I love them to death, but you're not going to lose your mind in the house. Uh, the only other thing I want to say is everyone be safe, be careful, wash your hands, don't touch your face. If you see someone sneeze, run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay, yeah. Uh, you know, stay out of crowds. That's for sure. Definitely. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I was North Carolina uh, locked down yet. I mean, they haven't locked down Florida yet, so they're they're getting We're, close. They've to locked it. down. They're starting to lock down a couple of uh, uh, counties where there's been a bigger uptick on uh, cases, but it's not. They haven't locked down the whole state. They do want people to um, what do they call it uh, social distance, stay home if you don't need to stay, if you don't need to go out, which makes sense. Uh, it's uncomfortable, yes, but it makes sense. The, the Like they say in the news and other places, if we can reduce the curve, reduce the curve, don't want to overwhelm the uh, medical system. But just be safe. Take care of each other. Like I said, someone calls, just give them that look. And just, you know, give them exactly. the Heisman Trophy stiff arm. <laughs> That's it, you know. Yeah, um, man. Hopefully you got enough toilet paper and um... – you know, paper towels. <laughs> to I'll tell you, um, I went to, helpful hint, I went to a Staples and they had hand sanitizer. It was like six, like six bottles. I took two, two. All right. I get to the cash register. This lady was like, oh, I haven't seen hand sanitizer. I was like, ma'am, there's four more bottles over there. Mm -hmm. I could have easily bought all six. Yeah. But come on, man. Get what you need. Where you know, to end, leave something for somebody else. You know, she know. went and bought all four of them, right? She probably did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. I mean, we didn't go crazy. We buy at Costco anyway. So we mm -hmm. buy the, you know, the big thing of toilet paper, you know, whenever we go anyway. So, yeah. you know, yeah. Did we buy a little bit extra because we saw people are going nuts? And Of course. You know, you do, but you know, I, I wasn't leaving there with, you know, my cart full of toilet paper. It's like, yeah, I'm not other... buying out the store, man. No, look, I, mean, I got five women in this house and women go through toilet paper like the butts got teeth, man. I don't know if they're eating it. <laughs> I don't know, but I still didn't buy more than I needed. Right. And, um, you know, I bought some extra, you know, freezer stuff and, you know, things that maybe, uh, you know, some non-perishable stuff, you know, that just in case we got hurricane season down here, which I don't know, you're, you're kind of close to the coast up there. So I know you get some up there as well, but you know, we get some of that panic buying at least a couple times a year here. So, I mean, we're in a uh, perfect spot. We're a couple hours away from Myrtle beach, a couple hours away from our beach. So we have the mountains to keep the winds from Florida <laughs> and we're far enough from the coast so that, yeah, we still get, you know, the winds and the occasional tornado, but we're kind of, the, the earth kind of buffers us. We're in the perfect spot. Yeah. And we, like, we, we, maybe like, uh, I think it was like 10 years ago, we had a couple storms come through real close on Tampa. Usually they go on the East coast of Florida. We don't get a whole lot usually on the West coast, but we still, whenever there's one in the Gulf, I mean, they, uh, you know, or the, the, uh, anywhere near the Caribbean or anything, they, 
everybody starts buying stuff up. So yeah. it's just normal for us. You know, people go crazy when they start seeing, you know, so it's just like hurricane shopping. So <laughs> what's normal for us, this last thing I'll say is in the wintertime, dude, being, being raised in Chicago, I'm used to snow. You know, first yeah. snow, you got snow up to your knee, up to your thigh. Here in North Carolina, <laughs> they get like a quarter of it. It doesn't even have to stick on the, on, the, on the street. It just shows up on the grass, man. They start buying generators, shut down the schools. They start brining the roads. It's crazy. It's funny. I grew up in upstate New York right on Lake Ontario, so we got lake effect snow. So, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Well, Phil, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate you being on. Make sure you guys watch. Uh, check out Daddy Cooks on YouTube and also Arbop podcast search for that wherever you get podcasts but it also has the youtube channel so you can watch the video instead of just listen to it on the podcast so thanks for being on and also check out his facebook page daddy cooks just search daddy cooks on facebook and I'm, it'll pop right up thanks phil i appreciate Thank you, you being on and uh, just let me know when you want me to be on your podcast i'll i'll be ready with bells on will do man i really i really appreciate it i really enjoyed it thank you sir Alrighty, I'll see you again. And thanks for watching, everybody. Well, thanks again all for being here on the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I want to thank Phil Riddick of Daddy Cooks and Arbop for being on. Make sure you check out his YouTube channels, Daddy Cooks and Arbop, and also check out the podcast. Make sure you follow the Fire and Water Cooking channel on Facebook. We have both a group and a page. Make sure you check us out on Instagram. Make sure you follow the Fire and Water Cooking channel on YouTube. We got this uh, video for this podcast is now uh, going to be on the uh, YouTube channel as well. So and make sure you join us again on the next Fire and Water Cooking podcast. See you next time.